quick word in your ear. Hello and welcome to this week's Urgent Bite, brought to you by the Royal New Zealand College of Urgent Care. My name is Guy Melrose and today I want to take a quick look at perichondritis of the pinna. I often have a little story about how a particular Urgent Bite topic came under my radar, but this week I'm afraid the story is simple. I was reviewing the teaching of the ENT exam, and I spotted a little gap in my knowledge that prompted a little further reading. Now when I say gap, I'm not talking about a huge canyon, but on this occasion it was a couple of points relating to a topic that I had perhaps not fully appreciated, and also a differential diagnosis I had perhaps not considered, so I thought that I would share these with you today. Perichondritis of the pinna is an infection of the perichondrium of the ear that can cause deformity if the condition is managed incorrectly, much in the same way as a cauliflower ear. The most common cause of infection in this area is trauma, and in recent years it has become increasingly common for people to pierce this part of the ear, and so piercings are often the reason someone might present with infection in that area. Abscess formation can occur, and much like the cauliflower, it can cause a permanent deformity, so prompt treatment before an abscess forms is needed, and also prompt drainage is required if one has formed. Now, I will link in the show notes to the Stat Pearls chapter on this topic for you to have a full read, but I'm just going to share my little bullet point take-homes from reading this article. So the first thing I took from reading around this topic was that perichondritis and cellulitis of the pinna are different, and because of the potential for perichondrial damage, we should be aware of this difference. And a good way you can help differentiate is by looking at the earlobe. The earlobe is often spared in perichondritis. So if you see the earlobe is unaffected and the pinna is otherwise hot and red, then think perichondritis and treat and follow up accordingly. My next take home is that common organisms in perichondritis of the pinna is staph, and pseudomonas. Therefore, to cover for potential pseudomonas, we need to be considering fluoroquinolones, so ciprofloxacin is a first-line treatment. Thirdly, we need to be looking very carefully for signs of abscess formation, and given the consequences, I will now have a low threshold for speaking to an ENT surgeon if I suspect an abscess is forming, or if there is poor response to initial antibiotic therapy. And finally, there is an interesting differential to consider. It is rare, and to be honest I was not familiar with it, but we should have relapsing polychondritis in the back of our minds. This is a rare autoimmune disorder and presents with inflammation of the cartilage of the ears and nose and can also involve the trachea and cartilage within joints and ribs. Now, the presentation of inflammation of the ear can mimic the infection of perichondritis of the pinna, 
So as long as we keep it on our differential list and think about involvement of other cartilage, we might pick up a rare case and then refer on appropriately to a rheumatologist. For this condition, there is a page on Dermnet that is worth reading. So this was not an exhaustive look at perichondritis of the pinna. For that, check the links in the show notes. But these were four little practice changes I took from my reading, and so perhaps those little gaps in my knowledge mirrored some of yours, and you might find that helpful. Now we'll be back again next week with another podcast. I look forward to seeing you all then, but for now, thanks for listening.